Welcome to Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao and Mo Patton coming to you live from the Lee Company studio as we are trying to get you on our Twitter feed, and we'll get that going here in just a second. Hopefully, Mo, there we go. Um, I'm doing, trying to do my best work here, but we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, let's... <laughs> Sorry, I am in the I am in the fix it mode right now, and I apologize, guys. Um, big show today. Justin Palmer is going to join us. We've got Joe Sullivan, who will also be joining us, as well as a Throwback Thursday interview from about a year ago, Mo, with Marcel Reed, now Texas A and M. Quarterback at that time, he was Texas A&M, I guess, signee. Mm -hmm. I think he had signed at yeah. that point. And coming off his debut last night, not debut, but basically debut, he had thrown three passes, four passes previously, played all but one play on offense last night as quarterback. Uh, did not start because the starting quarterback got hurt on the first play of the game. Uh, but had a pretty good night. We'll talk about that and more. No. How's that sound? Is that better? That's a little better. It's been a, a crazy day. It's been a crazy day. But, man, two days left before the end of 2023. Not a moment too soon as it appears at this moment. So Yeah, yeah no doubt. No doubt it's a heck of a day. We're getting there. I hope you guys are are excited about uh, today as much as we are. And so let's 
dive in, Mo, as we have yesterday's results and today's schedule on the rundown. This is the rundown. Ooh. You caught me. I'm sorry. Unawares. Hang on. Well, not, can... not not your fault. Um, come on. Girls basketball action from Wednesday night. Macon County defeated Centennial 66-27. It was Clark Range downing Mount Juliet 42-35. Auburn of Alabama with a 57-53 win over Clarksville Academy. Wilson Central defeated Clay County 50-41. It was Laverne 47. Columbia Academy 45. Creekwood with a 52-49 win over Northwestern of Pennsylvania. Green Hill downed Dakula of Georgia, 51-39. I don't think it's Dakula. I don't think it's Dakula. <laughs> I think it's Dakula. <clears throat> 51-39, the Lady Hawks in that one. Eagleville with an 83-71 win over Scottsboro, Alabama. Franklin Road Academy defeated Ugali of Florida, 40-28. Harpeth Hall with a 59-33 win over Fairview. It was Lawrence County 42, Ider of Alabama 35. Loretto defeated Lexington of Alabama 57-23. Columbia Central down at Tampa defeated Modern Lakes Academy of Florida 72-33. It was Montgomery Central, I'm sorry, Montgomery County of Kentucky 40, Murfreesboro Central 32. Nolansville defeated North Bullet of Kentucky 46-43. Richland defeated defeated Hickman County 50-32. Providence Christian with a 49-26 win over River Ridge, Florida. Notre Dame Academy of Wisconsin 98, Rockvale 17. Westmoreland with a 66-21 win over Russellville, Kentucky. It was Santa Fe 50, Mount Pleasant 22, and Spruce Creek of Florida 59, East Old Harding 50. Boys side, Eagleville down at Co- Caverna. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kentucky, 73-65. Chattanooga Prep falls to Beach, 60-57. It was Clarksville Northwest, 61. Allen County, Kentucky, 46. Pope Prep, a 71-51 winner over Crestview, Florida. Portland down Franklin Simpson of Kentucky, 56-53. It was Gallatin, 55. Volunteer, 38. South Shore of New York, 67-64 winners over Independence. It was Beach, 54. Knox Central, 49. Macon County, 46-38 winners over Mount Juliet. Marshall County down... Antioch, 78-69. Jonesboro of Arkansas defeated Middle Tennessee Christian, 78-32. It was Nolansville, 71. Mortimer Jordan of Alabama, 45. Lawrence County, 64. 55 winners over Pensacola Catholic, Florida. Richland down Springfield, 53-45. Santa Fe fell to Ravenwood in their first loss of the season. Ravenwood remains undefeated, 69-54. Station Camp down Sylacauga of Alabama, 60-44. Stewart's Creek, 84-64 winners over Lawson. Watertown falls to Clark Range, 59-56. Franklin downs Whitewater, Georgia, 72-48. And Hickman County was a 75-44 winner over Zion Christian. In NHL action, the Panthers, I'm sorry, Panthers, no. Carolina, not the Panthers, the Hurricanes, defeated the Predators. Um, Girls basketball today. Um, picking up about an hour ago, it was Christian Community in Greenbar. At 1.30, Macon County and Mount Juliet got started. At the bottom of the hour, it's North Royalton of Ohio and Franklin Road Academy. Also at 2.30, Lawrence County plays Stars Mill of Georgia. That's down in Pensacola. Also at 2.30, it's Oakland and Tees Valley of Ohio. At 3 o'clock, 
Rossville Christian and Battleground Academy play. Also at 3 o'clock, allegedly, Summit plays Marshall County at Independence. Um, oh, is that still a possibility? <laughs> Do we not? Allegedly. <laughs> well, I, I, so I, I, I erased the games that I knew were not. Independence and Fayetteville I erased because I didn't think they weren't playing yeah, today. I, I, so I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Montgomery Central and Riverdale play at 3 o'clock. Clements of Alabama plays Santa Fe at 3 down in Richland. Also at 3 o'clock, White House Heritage plays Hendersonville at 4 o'clock. Dixon. Sorry. Still working on it. My bad. Um, Dixon County and Loudoun at 4. Cookville and Harpeth Hall at 4.30. Huntland and Wilson Central at 4.30. At 5.30, it's Ravenwood and Dacula. Dacula. Also at 5.30, Russellville, Kentucky is at East Robertson. Hamilton Heights is at Page at 5.30. Sand Rock of Alabama plays Brentwood at 6, also at 6. Hunter's Lane plays at Davidson Academy. Laverne is at Richland. Perry County is at Summertown. Pickett County is at Liberty Creek at 7, also at 7. Valor Collegiate plays Silverdale Academy. And Clarksville is at Stewart County at 7.30. Earlier today, Independence down Tennessee. Pretty big win for the Eagles. Just stepping up. <laughs> yes, 65-47. Santa Fe holds off Silicaga Valley on 76-73. York Institute and Loretto play uh, started at 1 o'clock, as did Todd County Central of Kentucky and Montgomery Central at 1.30. It was West Creek and Briarcrest Christian tipping off, as well as Donaldson Christian and Rossview Christian. Smith County and Lawson, as well as Springfield and Zion Christian, also at 1.30. At 2.30 today, it's Brentwood and Blackman, Waverly and Cheatham County, Christian Community versus Greenbrier, Murfreesboro Central Magnet, and Trinity Christian, Harpeth and White House at 2.35, not a minute sooner or later, Western Florida, these directional schools, man, and Providence Christian, Wilson Central and Clark Range at 3, also at 3 is, well, okay. Clark Range is playing somebody, either Wilson Central or Mount Juliet at 3 o'clock. I don't know who. Severe County and Gallatin at 3.30. Archbishop McNicholas of Ohio at 4 o'clock against Lawrence County. Station Camp Ravenwood down in Richland at 4.30-ish. Olentangy? Sure. <laughs> Olentangy? I have no idea. Uh, some school out of Ohio and Battleground Academy at 4.30. Russellville, Kentucky is at East Robertson at 5.30. Liberty Creek hosts Pickett County at 5.30. William Blunt, Nolensville at 6. Smith County, Stewart's Creek at 6. Or DeKalb County, Stewart's Creek. It is, uh, do, hold on. It is DeKalb County, Stewart's Creek at 6. I don't know why. I don't even know if Smith County's down there. Um, Hunters Lane Davids is at Davidson Academy at 7.30, as well as Fairview at Good Pasture. Lead Academy takes on Southern Guilford of New North Carolina. Richland hosts Hickman County at 7.30. Summertown is at home against Perry County at the same time. Macon County is at Watertown. Tennessee Heat takes on St. Benedict at 8.30. And at some time somewhere, Clarksville Northwest and Apollo, Kentucky, Laverne, Green Hill, and Dyersburg, Rockville. Ohio Valley Conference doubleheader action today at 5 o'clock. Tennessee Martins women are at Gentry Center taking on the Lady Tigers of Tennessee State. The men will follow at 7.30. Both games on ESPN Plus or just the men? Both. Both games will be available on ESPN Plus if you care to watch. 
Um, eight o'clock tonight, Valley Sports Southeast, the Grizzlies unbeaten since the return of John Morant. Head to Denver, hopefully without incident. <laughs> and at seven fifteen on Amazon Prime, Thursday night football, Jets at Browns. That is your rundown. All right. Top story brought to you by our friends at Piggly Wiggly, Neely's Mill Shopping Center in Columbia. Make sure to go by and get your fresh hand-cut meats, daily lunch specials, all of that great stuff uh, coming your way each and every day from Piggly Wiggly at Neely's Mill Shopping Center in Columbia. Mo, today's top story, the Pro Football Hall of Fame has announced its finalists, and we'll start with that because the other one may be a little more involved. Yeah, the conversation can get a little out of hand, potentially. <laughs> so let's start with the NFL or pro football. I'm sorry. I should definitely not call it that. The modern era player finalists include defensive back Eric Allen, defensive end Jared Allen, Willie Anderson, offensive tackle. Offensive lineman, uh, Jari Evans. Dwight Freeney is a finalist. Antonio Gates. Rodney Harrison, a defensive back. Devin Hester, who had a kick return in, uh, for a touchdown in that uh, Super Bowl against the Colts. Uh, Tory Holt. Andre Johnson, Tennessee Titans legend Andre Johnson. Mm, well, he, um, I'm sure he has Cortland Finnegan's vote. <laughs> Julius Peppers, Fred Taylor, Reggie Wayne, Patrick Willis. I'm and, sure he has Coach Cuts. <laughs> and Darren Woodson. His mistake. <laughs> this is a really, really loaded list. Now, how many? 25. No, no, no. Oh, 25 semifinalists in November, however many this is. There will be. There's not. Is there a cap? I don't think there's a cap. I think it's just a vote. It's like baseball. Okay. All right. All right. Hmm. Um, I'm kind of surprised Willie Anderson didn't already in. Yeah, that's that's a. That is interesting. I mean, he was as good as it got for a long time mm -hmm. in Cincinnati. Um, and maybe it's that it was in Cincinnati. Maybe that was the issue. Yeah, um, it could be. I'm also a little surprised Devin Hester didn't already. Although I guess maybe some people kind of consider him a one-trick pony as a returner only. But, man, he was devastating. And he was a game changer at that position. Well, yeah, and I think I think that's the thing. Like, I mean, I, I think it's okay for specialists to get in. Well, specialists that perform at that level. Yeah, I, they they were easily I mean, the best had, specialists in the history of the game. I mean, you had to you had to game plan for yeah Devin Hester. You had to figure out how how not 
to let him score in special teams. I mean, and a lot of folks didn't. Yeah, I was to say it was it was a rare occurrence that they were able to do so. Yeah. So. Um, Antonio Gates should get in. Tory Holt should be in. Um, Look, this is again. I it would be hard. It would be much easier for me to say which of these people are or shouldn't mm-hmm. get in. And yeah, I think. Man, it's really hard for me to say this, but I think the the one person who is, and again, you could make an argument for every single one of these guys, every one of them. The one person who I think is the least likely to get in is probably Fred Taylor. I think Jari Evans is least likely to get in. I don't know. I think, I mean, well, I, I mean, if Willie Anderson hadn't gotten in yet. But, I mean, I, if, I think Fred Taylor's a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. But on this list, he would probably be on the at the bottom Back of the line. Half, yeah. Yeah. And that's just uh, literally every single one of these guys. I mean, Eric Allen, dude played for – in. Three decades. Look for some really good teams. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah. so you know, and then heck, Jared Allen and some of these guys were doing it not that long ago. You think about it, Jared Allen, uh, Julius Peppers played in '16. Mm-hmm. Uh, Antonio Gates was playing as recently as like six years ago. Uh-huh. So I mean, it's it's interesting, man. But this is this is a loaded loaded list. And it's funny because the contrast of this football list versus the baseball list. <laughs> I don't think that if I had to vote for 10 of these guys, it would be really hard for me to vote for, to find the 10. Like of, who the, I would, of these NFL yeah, guys? Who I would leave off. It would be hard for me to cap it at 10. Mm-hmm. In baseball? You no, got to cap it. Well, I wouldn't need to cap. <laughs> and and that's the thing. Like it's it's just interesting the the level of of hmm. player that we're talking about here, I think. I mean Antonio Gates has got to get in. Antonio Gates has got to get in. And I think he's Willie this, Anderson's got to get in. Devin Hester, Tory Holt, Julius Peppers, Patrick Willis, that's six right there. I mean, Reggie Wayne's getting in. I could live with or without Reggie Wayne. Well, I understand, but he is still the Colts' all-time leading receiver. Wow. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean he's going to get in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised, surprised he hasn't gotten in yet. Right. I wonder if the fact that Dwight Perini played for one, two, three, four, five, six different teams – impacts his candidacy you know it's interesting though because it's not really his fault i mean i know he probably could have just been done after the colts run and been fine i think he he probably did try to elongate the career a little longer than he maybe should have and but in that same vein 
I wonder if Andrew Jones had retired after the Braves. Well, he was only 30. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. But yeah, no, I, I think I think that's the thing is, you know, I don't think the you, fact that he did kind of bounce around after that. You've got when we're talking about Halls of Fame, we cannot sit here and discount what someone did over a 10 or 11 year period, as we're seeing with both Dwight Freeney and Andrew Jones, they were the best at their positions for a decade. Just because they held on a little too long, who among us has not held on to something a little too long? There you go. Just because it's what you want to do, you can't hang it up. Don't be mad at him for, you know, I'm not going to hold that against him. Certainly not because I, that would be a double standard because I'm certainly not holding it against, you know, Andrew, mm-hmm. which is the other part of this conversation is that, you know, I, I'm, I'm, everyone knows I'm an Andrew Jones fanboy. Um, <laughs> and he should be in the Hall of Fame. Has proven in a stadium in Mobile, Alabama a couple of years ago. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. But, you know, we have, we, we've got some folks out here who absolutely have made a mockery of the Hall of Fame <coughs> voting process. And Marcos Breton, or Breton, is public enemy number one. Not surprised by crying fanboys when ballots are announced. Sorry to hurt your little feelings. You get no credit for transparency on this platform. Some players who didn't get a vote this year could get one next year. Meanwhile, grow up. What changes? This is the guy who voted for, let's let's go back and look at, who did and did not get a vote last year. He dropped a bunch of guys, and I I don't know if I can get back to it, but Mm -hmm. here it is. This has got to – no, that's Mark Saxon. Mark Saxon dropped a bunch of guys too. Carlos Beltran, Beltran. Todd Helton, Andy Pettit, Francisco Rodriguez, and Billy Wagner all lost votes. And he, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He only voted for seven. That seems weird. Um, Britton voted for two players, while four players lost his vote. Andrew Jones, Manny Ramirez, Alex Rodriguez, and Billy Wagner. So he had voted for Andrew, and then he stopped voting for Andrew. Correct. He voted for Andrew, Rodriguez, Wagner, and Ramirez, all all four of whom should be getting votes. And uh, Carlos Beltran apparently earned his vote over the last year, while Adrian Beltran is a first-year candidate and earned his vote. I don't know what Beltran did, but congratulations to him for whatever he did in 2023 to earn the vote. Don't know, you know why Andrew, Manny, Alex, and Wagner... Uh, what they did to lose the vote. 
Same with, I mean, Mark Saxon. Like, what are we doing here? The worst part, though, was Britain saying, uh, responding to someone saying that he might vote for Gary Sheffield next year. Well, this is Sheffield's last time on the ballot. Yeah, Gary Sheffield's son kind of took issue with that as well. He yeah. did, as he should, yeah. because this is ridiculous. <laughs> and meanwhile, you've got guys out here who are, you know, I, I think are making solid efforts to put out good ballots, mm -hmm. even those that don't include Andrew Jones. If you're not out here making a mockery of it, like I'm cool with it. But they're, I mean, these guys are literally out here just acting a fool. <laughs> Gary D. Howard voted for nine players, did not vote for Andrew Jones, did vote for Omar Vizquel, which is a little absurd, but whatever. But that, I mean, Beltran, Beltray, Helton, Maurer, Manny, a-Rod, Sheffield, Viscale, Wagner. That's a good ballot. Yeah. That is a that is a ballot of someone who took this process seriously. Yeah. It's a tough one to argue with. And I just have a problem with people who don't take it seriously. But I don't know the I don't know. It's kind of like what you said with the AP football poll. Mm -hmm. These guys don't watch baseball like that. They just don't. And I don't know what the hang-up is on some of these players. I know what the hang-up is on Andrew. I, I know what it is. It's not his last six years. And that's it's an understandable knock on Andrew Jones. But there's a lot of guys out there who have done – Similar, if not, you know, worse things who have gotten Hall of Fame votes. So there's that. Anyway, I don't know, man. Do you think that there should be a change or there should be a different way to vote for Hall of Fame? I mean, if there is, I don't know what it would be, to be honest. I mean, I don't know. And I guess you could take some folks's votes i don't i don't know I don't, I don't know that you want to get into that but i mean how do you i don't know how you make people take their vote more seriously I mean, is there a way to <clears throat> combine those honorary votes baseball writers association votes and i i mean some way i don't necessarily say fans but there's got to be a a layman's version. And I know the All-Star Game is a popularity contest and whatnot, but you get to vote like 100 times in that. You don't get to vote once. Mm -hmm. I think there's got to be a way to incorporate people who take the game a little more seriously than these guys. No, the I, opinion I, editor at the Sacramento Bee has a vote. I, I think that there are people that are going to tell you no one takes it more seriously than people that get paid to cover the game. And I, I mean, I don't know. 
I don't know how you incorporate layman into it necessarily. I, I don't know. But that's what I'm saying. Marcus Breeton doesn't get a doesn't get paid. He's the opinion editor at the Sacramento Bee. What the hell does he have a vote for? I would imagine he was a baseball writer at one time. I mean, journalism has changed a lot. Sure. His duties have changed a lot. People who were in sports aren't in sports anymore, different things like that. I don't know, man. I mean, when you start hunting up folks individually, <clears throat> excuse me, I just think you got to be careful because one person's one-off ballot doesn't necessarily spell, you know, they shouldn't be able to vote. I don't know how long he's voted. I don't know what his ballots have looked like previously. I don't know how you go about grading somebody's ballot. I mean, he says some stupid stuff clearly I, on social media afterwards. Yeah. But, I don't think, though, there's got to be a, a, a time limit, right, at some point? As far as... Well, I mean, how long do you get to vote? Well, how long have you not been covering baseball? Did you cover baseball in the late 80s, early 90s? Well, I mean, and I know that those are some of the guys we're voting for now, but at some point, we're going to get to a point where he didn't cover any of these guys. You know what I mean? You know, maybe he's, I mean, Sacramento's close to Oakland. Maybe he's still going and writing columns on the A's or something. I I don't know. I, I don't know. But he's, but I mean, but this is honorary, one guy. Honorary vote. I'm saying, like, I mean, there, there's got to be a process in which the voting process is clearly not great. If it wasn't, if it was great, the the players' committee would not be having to do their jobs every year, which they've had to do over the last five years. I think. Different folks look at it different in different ways. I mean, I don't know that there is a perfect process to it, unfortunately. I don't know, and and so I don't know how you fix it. I, I think either. I think before you fix it, there has to be a. Um, I think folks have to agree that it's broken, and I, I don't know that that's necessarily the case. So. That's I would agree with that. Yeah. I don't have a solution. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we should probably take a break. We should. Let's take a break. Let's get to Coach Justin Palmer, who is standing by. We'll be right back on Main Street Sports Day right after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you. No matter what's happening in the world, 
or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731 and schedule your tour today. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Maurice Patton here on this Throwback Thursday. We will send you back to Marcel Reed, an interview we did about a year ago with the now Texas A&M quarterback. Uh, looking forward to that, sharing that with you, rehashing that, and also looking forward to talking to Joe Sullivan a little bit later about some local Nashville college basketball. All of that still to come here in a moment, but we're going to take you from preps to pros, and we'll start with preps, Mo. Yeah. Um, welcome back to Middle Tennessee. Welcome back, Cotter. Justin Palmer, who has taken over the football program over at Forest in Chapel Hill, um, returning after a stint out at O'Brien County Central up in northwest Tennessee. Um, most recently, had previously been at Shelbyville, among other stops. And Coach, again, welcome back. Coaching years. Coach Palm, are you there? Okay. Well, let's do a phone call then, Justin. Yeah. Uh, again, um, Justin Palmer back in the mid-state. Um, having spent for the past three seasons up at O'Brien County, up in northwest Tennessee, a little west of Martin, I think, just to kind of give you an idea. But um, 16 and 17 and three seasons over there. Had previously been down in Alabama. Is that right, Chris? He was at Cordova uh, at, for a season. Mm-hmm. And in the old Walker County. Prior to that, spent four years at Shelby. 
Um, so got some familiarity and you can find with his, the area. You can find his name scattered throughout the record books down in Alabama from his time as a quarterback at uh, at Hamilton. So okay. I, I only know this because I went through the record books most recently looking for some stuff. There you go. Oh man, uh, Coach, are you there? Yep, I got you. Sorry about that. No, that's all right. Not your fault. Hey, appreciate you taking some time with us this afternoon. Welcome to Chapel Hill. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, hey, how was um how was Disney last week? <laughs> well, uh taking the new job the week before and then uh driving down there uh for a week uh, spending a week down there and then coming back doing christmas in alabama and now trying to move over to chapel hill it, it's uh it's a blur it was a lot of fun but uh man it's it's been a busy two three weeks here for sure um what was it about the situation at forest that that appealed to you again you had been over at Obine for the past three seasons, 16 and 17, over those three seasons. What did you like as you um, take a look at this situation with the Rockets? Yeah, we loved it at Obine. Uh, great place. The kids were awesome. Um, loved the school and the administration. Um, had some great coaches working with us there, too. It, it was a, a, an awesome place. Uh, it was just a long ways from everybody. Um, so that that was kind of the first draw to Forest. And then, um, you know, wanted to, to be at a place that uh, has a chance to win. And uh, they've done that quite a bit in the past and, um, and have had some recent success too. Um, so just, you know, I, I think there are players there. Um, I think the support is definitely there. Um, so it's just a, a good combination of all of those things. Yeah, you know, when you get a chance to 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 be at a place like you know, Forest, who has had some success in, in in the past, you know, it gives you a little bit of you know you have the ability to kind of restore some glory there. Uh, what you know, <laughs> what do you know about this team at this point? Obviously, just getting the job, uh, you know. I'm sure guys are playing other sports in a small school like that. So how does, you know, how does the Christmas break and all of that, how, how do you have to deal with all of that? Yeah. Um, I like the roster first off. Um, you know, I did my research on them. Uh, it, even in the early stages of looking at this job, I watched huddle highlights on just about every player that, that played a significant amount last year. Uh, and so I like the roster. Um, you know, it, it will be a big change because they've always been wing T, uh, as far as I know. Um, so going from wing T to spread will be a big adjustment. But, um, yeah, there's some kids that are playing other sports, things like that. That's true pretty much at every high school. But um, I think, you know, there's a good core group that, that'll be working out and, and getting ready for spring practice. And then the ones that are playing other sports, hey, go, go do that stuff. I'll get with you when I can. And, um, you know, but just, just getting that, the culture established and, and the expectations and our goals and, and understanding what we got to do to reach those goals um, is, is very important. And we touched a little bit on that before we headed into 
uh, Christmas break. So um, I'm just excited to to get back uh, and to get started with them next week. Coach, it's funny that you mentioned that you watch video on these guys because that's one of the things that I've, I've always been fascinated with during the coaching change. You know, do you want to see video of them doing something particular if they're doing something you're not going to be doing or do you um, want to just see them with with your with your own eyes trying to do what it is that you're trying to do if you're going wing tee to spread uh, how much of a feel other than just maybe athletic ability can you get for these guys uh, yeah well I, you know when when you watch film if a guy touches the ball and he can go 80 yards and, and cross that goal line with it man i don't i don't care what kind of offense you're in uh you know that that's that tells me a lot right there and they've got a few of those guys or you know i, I think about you know they don't they didn't throw it a ton but you know watching some guys that played receiver catch the ball you know it gives me an idea of okay this guy you know is probably a z in our offense or you know that this guy on a jet sweep you know he, he ran ran by everybody and, and and he was gone so you know, he's, he's probably our age. And then, you know, watching, uh, you know, they got a ton of running backs, obviously, in the wing, too. So watching those guys carry the ball and how they carry it and, and seeing, hey, you know, he hasn't ever run inside zone or, or things like that. But, uh, man, it don't matter what you're running. If it takes three or four people to bring you down, man, I like that. Uh, so it just, you know, gives me a little background on those guys and, and what they can do. And, you know, like I said, if you, if you can score, you can score. It don't matter what kind of offense you're in. Justin Palmer, new Forest High School football coach, joining us here on Main Street Sports Today and on Coach's Corner. Um, coach, that region 4-2A, there's only five teams, so – 80% of the teams in the region go to the postseason, but you know, you've got Marion County and that's a name that everybody knows. You've got Fayetteville and in a short period of time, that's become a name that everybody knows. And then you've got Cascade and Cannon County. I mean, it's, um, it's going to be a challenging league. Oh, no, no question. Uh, you know, obviously, like I said, looking at film, I also looked at schedule. Um, and there are some tough opponents there, and then you you match up with a tough region in the playoffs too. East Robertson made it all the way to the state championship as the two seed uh, in the region that they match up with in the playoffs. So, um, yeah, it, it's a tough schedule, tough region. Um, you know, I'm I'm familiar with a lot of these teams, but I, I got to thinking last night that I, I've never really played or coached against uh coach i should say against any of these teams in the past so uh it'd be an interesting challenge and, and something new and exciting and uh but a challenge for sure hey, you talk about not having coached against any of these teams again you were previously at shelbyville spent four seasons down there won 30 uh 33 games in four years um what would you anticipate being the difference in being at shelbyville and being at Forest? Um, that's a good question. Um, I, I think Forest is going to be a little bit more like O'Brien, uh, just as far as the type of kid. Um, but, you know, when, when I met the kids, they, 
I mean, they look good. Um, they, they've been in a good weight program, it looks like. Um, you know, is, is it a complete rebuild? Absolutely not. You know, I think the pieces are there. Uh, there's some foundation there. Um, and so I think it, it, it was different when I came back to Shelbyville because I've been the offensive coordinator there for four years. So I was only gone for one year uh, in between that. And when I came back, there was no installing an offense because it was the same offense that those kids had already been running for four years. Um, and, and they knew me. This is very different with I've got to completely change their offense, but had to do that at O'Bine because they were running, you know, the, the beer uh, over there. So, again, going – uh, from a primarily run offense to, you know, spreading it out, throwing it a lot more. Um, so I, I've, I've got some experience with that, uh, but it's just, you know, going to have to get to know these kids. Well, it's a quarterback-driven sport, and that offense is going to be quarterback-driven. How do you feel about that? Uh, you know, do you I, know? I'm a quarterback myself. So, uh, I, hey, if I was a quarterback, I'd be fired up right now. Um, you know, to, to play in this offense because it, it is driven by the quarterback for sure. And I told the guys that and I've always said that. And this past year at O'Bine, I had, I, I believe it's my first one, uh, to pass for over a thousand and run for over a thousand. So, and he was an incredible player. Um, but you know, the offense clearly ran through him and, and usually the offense is going to go how the quarterback uh, goes in, in this offense. So, um, you know, if I'm a guy that can throw the ball, I, I'd be pretty excited um, because, you know, you, you're going to have the chance with, with the ball in your hand to make a lot of decisions and have a huge impact on every game. Do you feel like you've got a guy over there right now who can do that for you? Or do you just not know? Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, they had two different guys play last year. Uh, the, the guy that was the starter uh, got hurt in the very first game of the year, and then the guy that came in did a pretty good job for him, but is in the wing tee, so a little different as far as your responsibilities go, uh, playing quarterback in the wing tee. Um, and I've got a little background in that. When I was in high school, I played quarterback in the wing tee uh, my sophomore year, and then uh, junior and senior year, we were in the spread, so I know the transition to it, um, and I think they'll be able to do it because they're both good athletes. Um, so, and and there may be somebody that you know hasn't played quarterback that that will have a chance or would like to give it a try. You never know. It's kind of a it's it's certainly an interesting situation uh, for us, like you said, Class Two A and Region Four is a unique region and. Class 2A is a little unique down here anyway, so not a lot of 2A programs roaming around, and so it's, a, you know, trying to fill out a schedule is is not not easy, but uh, but you guys have done it, and I'm sure you're looking forward to a, uh, a fun first year, if nothing else. Interesting, and hopefully fun. <laughs> there you go. Well, we certainly appreciate, you know, you taking time with us and, and looking forward to, to catching up over in Chapel Hill sometime. And maybe we'll, if you have not been to From the Heart Cafe, you should go. Just make a trip. It's not far. Just before you get to Henry Horton, right there on the right. 
Yeah, tell Renee that we sent you. And tell Renee we sent you. So. Oh, <laughs> and, uh, absolutely. I'm going to have uh, you know a lot of time on my hands in between uh, you know workouts and stuff like that. So we'll definitely be out exploring the area. And then you know it it sounds like we need to get together and talk a little bit of Braves baseball too. Right. And listen, and Andrew Jones should be in the Hall of Fame. It's it's crazy he's not. Absolutely. Without question. And yeah, we, we can we can do that anytime, Coach. Look forward to doing it. Appreciate you taking some time with us, and um, we will definitely catch up. All right. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Thanks, Coach. Send out a little hardware, and by a little, I mean literally uh, just one today as the End to Win Life Team of the Week presented by Custom Stone Handlers. 490-4990, customstonehandlers.com is the web address. Mo, pretty good week last week from our End to Win Life Team of the Week. It was a pretty good week last week for our End to Win Life Team of the Week, and, and it's a familiar name. <clears throat> yeah. I believe this is the second time this team has been in this position, but... It's not as if it's not deserved because Columbia Central's girls went to the more than basketball tournament down at Lipscomb last week, right before Christmas. They defeated Brentwood Academy 52-31. They defeated Ezel Harding 51-49. And they defeated Good Pasture 40-35 to win that eight-team tournament and improve two at the time. 13 and 1, I believe. Yeah, they only so, lost that loss over at Blackman. The, yeah, they lost at Blackman and they avenged that a couple of weeks later. And they are they have been on a roll. They're continuing to roll. They um they as we mentioned in the rundown, they defeated Mater Lakes Academy of Florida yesterday. Not sure how they did in their first game um on Tuesday night, but um yeah, they're playing some pretty good ball, and they will come back to town, and they will open district play a week from Friday at home against Warren County. And they, again, playing some really good basketball right now, and they are our end-to-win life team of the week once again. So congrats to the Lady Lions. Congrats indeed. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we've got some rapid-fire reactions, and we will may take it through the top of the hour since we don't have Terry McCormick today. Uh, he is sick, so uh, we'll, we'll get to it right on the other side, so stick around. Main Street Sports Today presented by Mid Tennessee Bone & Joints back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. 
Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton here on this Throwback Thursday. Two more days. Man, can't believe 2023 is almost over. This is absurd. I'm good with it. Like, I, I'm, yeah, but like, it really feels like every year since 2020 has just flown by. I guess 2020 was so slow. Yeah. And so nightmarish. But like this is just, it's absurd. <laughs> anyway. Speaking of absurd, hmm. the NFL is... A lot of it. There's some stuff going on, man. A lot of absurdity. <laughs> no doubt. Alabama fans are upset today because <laughs> they can no longer say Auburn doesn't have an NFL starting quarterback. Jared Stidham will be starting for the Denver Broncos, which means Russell Wilson will not, will not. be starting for the Denver Broncos. How do we feel about that one? I mean, it's, it's, I don't like it when Teams are not putting their best team on the field. I don't like it when teams are not making their best effort to win ball games. And, you know, you can't tell me that Jarrett Stidham 
gives you a better chance to win a ball game than Russell Wilson. And so then it becomes, okay, so if we're not trying to win ball games, what is it we're trying to do? And in this case, we're, we're trying to save some money, which is because we signed a bad contract. Yeah. Um, I and that's not Russell's fault. Yeah, no, it's it's not. It's it's a really weird situation, all around. It's a weird situation, and it's the it is of the Broncos doing. Sure. And for whatever reason, what for whatever reason there was, their coaching situation is also equally as absurd. Yeah, and the thing is, I thought when Sean Payton was hired that he was hired to come in and and work with Russ, you know, to let Russ cook. And apparently that has not been the case in any way, shape, or form. And it doesn't make a whole lot of sense because there, I mean, the the similarities between he and Breeze. Are well, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense because Russell Wilson was there. Well, I mean, if if you know who the quarterback of the team is, and that's not your guy, then either a get him moved, or b don't take the job. Yeah, there are a lot of jobs he could have taken. San Diego. Well, no, San Diego wasn't open. I'm sorry. But San Diego did try to hire, or he showed interest in San Diego when they fired Anthony Lynn, which wasn't a good move either. And San Diego didn't hire him. Right. So. And by San Diego, he means the Los Angeles Chargers. That is exactly who I mean. I apologize. Yeah, <laughs> I, was with I, you. I, was, I was like, hey, um, how I'm, many times have I done it? I'm old. You know, <laughs> um, my and, bad. The and, Chargers. And we were yes. talking about Antonio Gates. It's a whole thing. Yeah. But the Chargers, that the lightning bolts, yeah. But that, those he, guys. He, he and Russell seem like they would make a good pair. You would think. Now look, I don't know. Okay, listen, I, I'm just going to say this. There are some athletes in the history of pro sports who have signed great contracts for them and melded in. I don't know that that's what Russell's doing. I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying it's not because I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Not at practice. I don't see how he works every day. Mm-hmm. I don't see if he gives a crap in film study. I don't know. I'm just saying I mean, that I maybe that's a possibility. It's it's certainly a possibility, and you certainly have to acknowledge it as a possibility. I don't know how a guy could have accomplished what Russell Wilson has accomplished over the course of his career and all of a sudden that become the case. I mean, it ain't like he's just now making money. Well, and I don't understand. I mean, well, I don't know enough about him to know how, you know, how he wants his legacy to be remembered. But I mean, this is a guy who was borderline hall of famer and now he's not even close. Man. 
And yeah. and I think that's And I don't know I don't know if he has time in his career to fix that. No, he's twelve years in, he's thirty five years old. I mean he's got to get somewhere where they love him. Let's uh, I mean you're talking about a wide receiver core of Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton Cortland Sutton, um Rookie Marvin Mims, so you know you kind of have to take that as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have no run game whatsoever. I mean, P. Ryan is their top running back, and he's not very good. I, I, they have again, they have no running game to speak of. I don't know. I, I don't watch enough of their offensive line to know. I've never. I don't see the Broncos. All right. What I find is more intriguing than anything is that Jarrett Stidham is getting to start over Ben Danucci, ben Danucci who has had some success as a backup fill-in. Meanwhile, Jarrett Stidham has not been good at all anywhere. I mean, wasn't it last year when Danucci was like the talk of the, the town for a couple of weeks am I am I misremembering something Justin I don't he started some games for um for Dak Prescott I believe yeah that's what I was thinking was at some point he yeah he was he played three games he was 23 of 43 no <laughs> touchdowns no interceptions so maybe was that in Dallas yeah okay so. And that was in 2020. Oh, God. That long? So, yeah, it doesn't feel like it was that long ago. But no, it can't be. He's only in his second year. He was drafted in the seventh round of the 2020 draft, according to his wiki. I might Out of JMU. Been, but I remember Stidman. I mean, it was sort of like uh, when Mike White went in for the Jets for Zach Wilson through like 400 yards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right. A couple of games. I mean, I don't know. I don't know that you can expect any more from either Danucci or Stidham than you would from Russell Wilson. Okay, this is the thing. Uh, he was the Seattle Sea Dragons quarterback last oh. year. That's what I'm thinking of. Okay, oh. that makes a little more sense. He was in the XFL last year. Well, I figured he, there must have been an XFL connection for you to be so well. But I was, yeah. I was remembering him as, a, as, the, as the Cowboys quarterback. That's mm-hmm. what I remember him being the talk of the league for a minute mm-hmm. with. So, anyway. Good question about the Russell Wilson thing. Are they benching him, or is it to They are. They are benching Russell Wilson? They are benching Russell Wilson, yes. He's healthy and everything. So, yes. apparently, there was, they went to him a couple of weeks ago, asked him to take his injury insurance guarantee off of his contract, or they were going, <laughs> and he said, "Hell no." <laughs> and he said, "No." And they said, "Well, if you don't, we're going to bench you," which doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. If 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 he takes the insurance off and gets you, hurt, then you want him to play because mm-hmm. you want. If he gets hurt, you're in good shape. Yeah, that's so. It, yeah, none of it makes sense. <laughs> I was like, hey, I'm taking my ball and I'm going home if you don't play. 
it, it was it was a weird situation. The whole thing is weird. Mm-hmm. But we'll see how it works out. You never know. Backup quarterbacks in the NFL typically have a game or two where they're, you know. The worst case scenario at this point for Denver is they win. No, Stidham gets hurt. Wow. Yeah, Stidham. and Wilson has to go in. That would not be good. Uh, <laughs> not be good at all. From a number of different viewpoints for the Broncos. I mean, this Broncos team is not, they're seven and eight. They're not even out of the, they're, they're in the hunt for a playoff spot. Again. I don't understand this ag- at all. Again. You went six straight. When, as the great philosopher Herman Edwards once said, you play to, to win, win the game. game. <laughs> and they are not. <laughs> this, is, this makes no sense. I'm like, got, hey, you want to do your contract? Oh, yeah? Well, we're not going to let you play. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and, we're, we're, we're going to pay you to not play. I, yeah, we're going to pay you to not play. We're going to lose out We're gonna because we're going to cut off our nose to spite our face. At, over a contract that we signed, by the way. <laughs> we offered. We won. Yeah. Yeah, we so. went and got you. Uh, who knows? This wasn't much of a rapid fire. Chris. No, no, it was not. This was not supposed to be this. Um, <laughs> are the Dolphins going to fold down the stretch? Ooh, who they got left? They've got a tough schedule. The Dolphins have remaining Buffalo and the Ravens. They may not fold, but it doesn't mean they'll win either. Well, no, I, I mean, when I say fold, I mean like under pressure. Again, I don't know that they'll fold. I mean, Buffalo and Baltimore are games that they could play well in and still lose. You're supposed to be the number one seed, man. You're supposed to be the best team in the league and all this, that, and the other. I I mean, they got to beat Baltimore. At least gives you the tiebreaker in the adventure tie. And the Baltimore game is on the road. Mm Mm-hmm. At least they play Buffalo in Miami, it's gonna be which I'm not sure that that's to their advantage or not. Because sure, yeah, I don't know, man. I think I think I think Miami is in a weird situation they as are. well because they feel like they should be the number one <laughs> seed. They should be the best team in the AFC, and yet they're not the best team in the. The AFC, Ravens are just. Running roughshod. Right the Ravens now. are the best team in the AFC. But after that Titans loss, they trounced the Jets 30 nothing, and then beat Dallas 22-20. So they're on a, they're on well, they a little roll, They kicked a field too. goal late to win that one, though, didn't they? They're on the roll, though. So this, this game right here should be the most fun game of the weekend, I think. Um... NFL on Christmas, pretty big ratings. So that means the NFL is now looking at playing on Christmas. Potentially playing on Christmas, even if it's on. Re- regardless of what day it is, huh? even if it's on Wednesday, like last year. I don't. I just don't know how you can. Hey, they did it in twenty twenty. And the power rankings came out on Tuesday. All right. Um, I don't know, once you start getting away from the weekend, especially 
with so many teams that are going to be playing for postseason verbs. I don't know that that's what you want to do is play midweek pro football. Tuesday and Wednesday need to be out. Mm-hmm. If Christmas falls on Thursday, fine. Have at it. Sure. You already play on Thursday anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, but... But Tuesday and Wednesday... I don't think you can do that. I, I, I certainly would the not The NBA like certainly it. hopes they don't. Yeah. Yeah. Because the NBA really became yesterday's news mm-hmm. on Christmas. I, I, and I don't typically watch the NBA anyway, but I don't even know what happened on Christmas. Nope. With not the idea. NBA. No idea. Not a clue. Did y'all hear uh, A.J. Brown's comments about Monday Night Football? No. He said uh, that they should get rid of Monday Night Football because it's too hard of a turnaround to play that next week. The following Sunday. Right, because of your body. And he's getting ripped apart by Eagles fans. I mean, of course, Eagles fans, but everybody else, too, saying he's a prima donna. Well, yeah, that's, he's a receiver. So, I mean, that's probably fair. Yeah, they've, but, only, I mean, that they've only been just playing because, it for 50 years. Just because he's a prima donna doesn't mean he's wrong, though, either. No, I agree. I mean, that's that, I, mean I, I think... When you're an athlete at that level, I think you want as much recovery time as you can get. And so, and the people that are trashing him for it, I would imagine a large number of them have not played this game at a high level. And A.J. Brown gets hit probably more than the linemen. I mean, as much as the linemen do, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, he's a big physical receiver. I mean... Probably a difference in A.J. Brown's recovery and Devontae Smith's recovery. Really. Great point. Great point. So. Probably. Interesting. Uh, uh, they've only been doing it for 50 years, man. I just well, But here's the thing. Just because you've been doing something a certain way for a certain period of time doesn't mean there's not a better way to do it. Is there a better way? I don't know. Every game on Sunday? Because I... people hate that Thursday game. Look, I'm all for getting rid of Thursday night football. Because Sunday to Thursday is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Nobody should have to do that in the NFL. But Monday? Monday? Monday to Sunday? Oh, no, man. That just feels like splitting hairs. It does to some degree to us. It feels un-American. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what those guys are going through. I don't know what they lose in that one day. I think it would be interesting to talk to more players other than just A.J. Brown and get their viewpoints on it. True. Maybe we can work on that. Maybe so. Let's take a break, Justin, play all of your top of the hour breaks, and we'll come back with Marcel Reed, Texas A&M quarterback from Throwback Thursday from a year ago, right here on Main Street Sports Today.
Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic. Smiles. These are the healthy smiles of real Delta Dental members. Folks with access to the nation's largest network of dentists and low deductible plans with 100% preventive care coverage, all backed by over 65 years of expertise. Go online or give us a call to learn about affordable individual plans that meet your needs. 1-855-844-0445. This holiday season, the largest lantern festival in the country returns to Nashville Zoo. Witness more than 1,000 handcrafted Chinese lanterns featuring brand new designs, including towering mythical beasts, a life-sized Santa's workshop, and a 100-foot-long dragon. Welcome back to Zoo Illumination at Nashville Zoo. Bigger, brighter, and better than ever. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton. Last night, Mo, Texas A&M, well, as we suspected and picked, took it on the chin uh, against Oklahoma State. But in his first lengthy uh, appearance for the Aggies, former NBA quarterback, uh, Division II, AAA, Mr. Football, Marcel Reed, had a pretty good night. Uh, 20 of 33 for 361 yards. And should have had a touchdown if, if the receiver who had gotten hurt earlier in the first, you know, on that first drive had come out because his shoulder was hurt. Reed doesn't try to throw him a pass in the end zone that he straight up drops because he only had one arm to try to catch it with. I was so frustrated. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I saw you holding your arm down by your side when you got interfered with and it wasn't called. <laughs> and, and you cost your team points trying to play through it. Yeah. But he was one of only three scholarship receivers on the team. <laughs> so it, what, what, what can you do? But did yeah. you see that catch by Moose? That one hand? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. While Mike Elko's on the broadcast, too? I bet he was I'm sure he enjoyed that. Fired up. Yeah. Again, Marcel Reed, 20 of 33 for 361 yards. Did not throw for a touchdown. Had the one pick at the very end of the game. Also, 10 carries for 29 yards and a score. That, and that run was insane. That was big time. Yeah. It, it was a good-looking run. So we got a chance to talk to Marcel last year before he made his way out to College Station. And I want to show you that interview. Again, it's from about a year ago, so, you know, pretend like the timely parts are, you know, still timely. Marcel, there he is. Look at, look at that. Yeah. That is a... 
That was a solid backdrop there, Marcel. Thanks for joining us, buddy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Yeah, that um that ninety eight over his left shoulder is former TSU standout Anthony Pleasant. So um that's that's good stuff there. Were he and your dad teammates, Marcel? No clue at all. No clue. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Um can we do something with, with, with his volume, Justin? Uh, I'm adjusting it I'm adjusting it a little bit. Uh Okay. So so it should get better, yeah. Okay. Um Marcel, congratulations, first off, um, on the, the commitment to Texas A&M. And um, kind of happened pretty quickly as far as social media goes. I mean, you decommitted yesterday from Ole Miss, and you committed to A&M just within hours of each other. Um, kind of take us through the process that got you from Oxford to College Station. Um. I just I just fell in love with College Station, uh, Coach Fisher and uh, Coach Craig, what they're doing over there. I think uh, they're going to have a very impactful season next year, and um, you know it's a very young team. A lot of people don't understand that, and um, it's close to family out there. Uh, my dad's from Texas, so I think it's just a good fit for me. And and also a former TSU coach, Kevin Mayshack, is on the um, on the coaching staff out at A and M. Did that help? Um. Well, it helped a little bit knowing that he's on the he's on the staff over there. It's like a, I mean, I've known him my whole life, and it's like a second father or mentor for me. So uh, that's going to be good for me up there. I will tell you, Marcel, this breaks my heart in a little way because I was really looking forward to that Chris Parson Marcel Reed Egg Bowl, uh, <laughs> but you know the. The fact is that this is a this is a great move for you. I mean, this is a team that gives you an opportunity to probably play pretty quickly, uh, based off of what we've seen out of their quarterback room. Do you feel like that that's an opportunity to give your that that you can give yourself a, a chance to get on the field pretty quick at at Texas A&M? Um, yeah, it might be an opportunity. I'm just looking into going, uh, learning the playbook and competing, um, and whatever happens happens. Um, they have a freshman quarterback in there right now, Connor Wigman, and uh, he's pretty good. So uh, I'm looking to, you know, probably be under him for the first year, uh, learn some things, and then, um, like I said, whatever happens, happens on the next year. I got to ask, Marcel, because, you know, situations like this for so many people, it's a zero-sum game. You know, this is great for Texas A&M. This is awful for Ole Miss. What was your – feeling what were your feelings regarding Ole Miss as you came closer to tomorrow's start of the December signing period um nothing really like happened that that fell off I think um you know Texas A&M has always been a, a top contender in my recruitment and um before I committed to Ole Miss um they had to commit already who ended up decommitting and um, they just started picking up recruiting me uh, recently. And they, they did a really good job uh, with the little time that they had. Um, they impressed me a lot. And um, like I said, nothing really fell off uh, Ole Miss-wise in recruiting. Um, but I think that uh, Texas A&M just, you know, put their best foot forward, and I really loved it. And like I said, it's just probably the best option for me. Marcel Reed, four-year starting quarterback at Montgomery Bell Academy, 
2022 Division II uh, AAA, excuse me, Mr. Football and Texas A&M Commitment joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Marcel, um, noticed on your Twitter account that you had also had some contact with Auburn and um, Coach Hugh Freeze and his staff coming down the stretch here. Where were they in the mix for you? Um, well, uh, Auburn was – they were kind of in there. I never really got the offer from Auburn. Um, so I got, I got a, you know, text or call from coach freeze. And we had some conversations, went up there, had a, had an official visit. And, um, I think they were still on a guy that they had while they were at Liberty and, uh, they weren't sure just cause I, I guess we, uh, they'd never seen me camp there or at Liberty coach could never see me throw in person. So, um, I think he was skeptical about, you know, making a, pulling the trigger on me. Um, but, I mean, Auburn was up there. If, if they would have given the offer, it would have been a hard decision for me to make. Well, and ironically, uh, recruited by former Auburn quarterback Damian Craig, who is the wide receivers coach at, at Texas A&M. So ha, that, that had to be a fun trip uh, or a fun recruiting visit with a guy like him uh, who's played in the SEC and, and, and probably gives you plenty of knowledge as to what uh, – what goes into having, you know, to be a quarterback in this league? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He's a, uh, he talked to me about Auburn also when I was up there. <laughs> um, I mean, he, he knows about it. He's played there and he, he's like, man, if you go there, you got to, you know, you got records to break. Uh, not, I'm not talking about Cam Newton, not talking about any other quarterback. He's, my records, I got the records <laughs> up there. I was like, yeah, it's going to be pretty hard to do, but, <laughs> but, um, I felt comfortable making the decision going to A&M just to be under his wing. You know, Marcel, Chris kind of spoke to it a little bit. Um, pretty tumultuous season this past year out at A&M. And, and Jimbo Fisher caught a lot of heat from a lot of different directions this past season. I mean, what impact did the 2022 season have on you in, in making your decision? Um didn't have too much on an impact. You know, a lot of people um, don't understand, like I said, that it's, it's a young team. And many of their games were very close to some really good teams. I mean, the SEC is hard to play in no matter what. You saw a lot of teams this year that you would expect to have really good records that were, you know, down and up. So, I mean, you can't really make that argument, in my opinion. And I think that um, 2022 class is, is great, and they're going to improve. They're going to get bigger, stronger, and better. And then adding this 2023 class is uh, Got to make that team even better, and I mean, it just comes down to, you know, executing, finishing. You know, um, Coach Fisher said that a lot, and you know, they showed um, late in the season against LSU uh, how to finish. They had a really good game against them, so um, didn't really play too much in my recruitment. I'm really worried about you know my development and the team's success. Um, obviously, when I get there, um, I can't really control what happened in the season before, so. Um, it's just about, you know, me going in, doing my job and uh, trying to get the team some wins and just, you know, learning from Coach Fisher and Coach Craig and, you know, being a student of the game. Marcel, how do you feel like four years starting at NBA, starting for Marty Uverard, playing in the ultra-competitive Division II AAA in this state, how do you feel like that prepares you for going to Texas A&M and, and competing in that quarterback room? Um. I think it prepares me a lot. I think I've, um, you know, grown a lot as a player. 
I was uh, blessed enough to be a freshman that was uh, playing on the field, you know, just growing through experience and learning the game and the speed of the game, trying to catch up with it. Uh, it's helped a lot. And I think it's also helped just because, you know, that league that we're in, I'm not going to, like, compare it to the SEC, but it's a lot like it just uh, team-wise, you know, you never know what can happen. Every team is good. Um, there can be a, a win. There can be a loss. Um, it's going to be a fight every week, and that's what I'm going to expect when I get into college too. So uh, I think Coach Uvarar has done a great job with me since my freshman year, and I'm really appreciative for him. Um, I think that high school football has done me well, and I'm just uh, ready to you know start this next journey. You know, I, rem I remember when you were a – a baseball guy you're still a basketball guy as well you know how how obviously you can't argue with the decision but how did you come to the decision to focus on football uh, it was honestly about time I mean I just don't think I had the time to you know play basketball and baseball in the summer um, I mean I really love football just being with my guys in the summer on you know morning workouts and then uh, playing that fall season with them um, I enjoyed it a lot, so I think I had to put baseball and basketball aside just to make time for football, and uh, it was a good choice for me, honestly. Um, it paid off, so just happy I made it. Marcel, one quick question here. Just, you know, what when when you look back at the coaching history of Jimbo Fisher, you know, he, he's coached the national championship winner, the Heisman Trophy winner, Jameis Winston, and, and he's he's had a lot of great quarterbacks over the years. You know, his his experience in coaching some of the biggest quarterbacks in the history of the game, uh, college football-wise, it how much of an impact did that have on, you know, you wanting to go and, you know, be a part of what he has going versus Lane Kiffin, who has also been a kind of a quarterback whisperer of, of sorts? Um. It played a big part in it. That's that's really what, you know, turned the tables for me. Um, I was impressed on his record of quarterbacks and, you know, what he's done, his development. Um, you know, the yards passing they've had, uh, the draft picks, you know, being a, having a lot of first-rounders. Um, I think that shows a lot about Coach and um, what he can do to develop a quarterback. And... I was just really uh, intrigued by that. I was very impressed by it, and that's that's one thing that really led me to make that decision. Well, I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing you uh, in the SEC. I think it's going to be, and certainly glad that you're going to be as far away from, from Tennessee as possible because we certainly don't want to see you too many times over the years, and maybe we'll see you in Atlanta a couple times. But, uh, you, but know, the, you know, here, here's the great thing about this. The wardrobe doesn't have to change a whole, whole lot. That's right. Not really, yep. Happy about that one. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the color scheme is solid. You just yep. keep wearing the same gear, man. <laughs> That's awesome. Same pattern. <laughs> well, uh, Marzo, we, you know, I, I don't have anything else. Mo, if you've got anything, feel free. No, we're going to let him go on because he's got a basketball game to get or ready two. for making his season. Who, who are y'all playing tonight, Marcel? Who do y'all uh, play tonight? We're playing Christian County, I think a team out of Kentucky. They are, yes. Hop, hop yeah, down. we're we're in a Riverdale Classic, I think. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, All right. Well, we had we, two we, games on the schedule, and we didn't know which one was actually the right one. So now we know, Mo. Yes, yeah, sir, we sir. do. Thanks for clearing that up for us, Marcel. Um, of course. We appreciate it. We appreciate your time. Good luck tonight. And um, 
tell Kevin England and Ron McMahon, I said, hey, and um, we will we will keep an eye on you, man. Marcel Reed, NBA four-year starter at quarterback and newest Texas A&M commit with us here on Main Street Sports today. Thanks, Marcel. Thank you guys for having me. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho-quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yell, Mo Patton, back live here in the Lee Company studio and excited to talk now with Joe Sullivan about some college hoops from NashvilleHoops.blog. Joe, what's up, man? Hey, fellas. How you doing? Doing well, Joe. Um, hope you had a great Christmas. And um, I did. I hope you guys did, too. It was nice. It was nice. Hey, uh Tennessee State getting Ohio Valley Conference play going today against UT Martin. Um, is that the only local game tonight? Yeah, it is the only local game tonight. I'll be heading up there to the Gentry Center later to watch that. And 
Uh, I'm intrigued by this game. UT Martin, uh, probably a little better than we thought. They're seven and six, just about like every team in the OVC seems to be seven and six. Uh, and uh, they average 85 points a game, which is you know crazy in in, in uh, this era of college basketball. Uh, I think the unfortunate part is they give up 81. Uh, so uh, I'm look. I think I've said this on the show before. I'm looking for some fast-paced basketball tonight, in a high-scoring game. You know, the OVC is typically a guard-oriented league, and UT Martin looks to have one with this Jordan Sears kid. Yeah, he's um, averaging 20 points a game, uh, and and has had a, uh, you know, he had a good season last year, but he's emerged as one of the best players in the league uh, based on the the non-conference part. Uh, and we'll see if uh, Tennessee State can slow him down at all uh, tonight. That'll be uh, a, a task, I think. Uh, that uh, not sure who it'll fall to. I'm sure uh, Penny will will uh, go man to man. That'll be one of the stories of the game. Uh, how they're going to slow down uh, Jordan Sears? Is it a case of slowing him and Martin down, or is it a case of scoring with them? Well, now that, now you're talking my language, Mo. <laughs> You know, it, uh, uh, I, I think you got to try to slow them down. You just can't let them score 85 points. That's too much. you got to hold them down. Uh, into the 70s probably would be a, a really good idea, and uh, I'm sure Penny's thinking that way. At the same time, Jalen Jones seems to be playing some really good ball for you, uh, for TSU right now. He sure is, and uh, I, I, uh, he's averaging double figures for a freshman. He's uh Clearly the leader to be the freshman of the year in that league. And I think uh, uh, he's going to get better as the year goes goes on, as he cuts down on some of his freshman mistakes and is confident in taking more responsibility. Uh, often he's the one that initiates the offense for them. They do have Marcus Fitzgerald, who's a fourth-year player. Uh, but uh, Jalen seems to be taking charge of the team often on offense. So, And I, and I think I've said this before uh, – He's worth the price of a mission sometimes with his, some of the spectacular plays he's made. I was going to ask you, Marcus Fitzgerald, you know, you've got an established backcourt guy in Marcus Fitzgerald. Jalen Jones has come in and, and kind of asserted himself as the lead guy in that backcourt. How does that work out? How is that working out with those two? Well, uh, I don't think Penny's going to say anything bad about Marcus. I think he really loves him as a person and a player. And uh, I, I asked Penny earlier this season about Marcus's uh, uh, performance so far this year, and it has not been great. He's shooting the ball poorly. Uh, he's still a good playmaker. And, uh, you know, uh, Penny's reply was, and i got to get the phrasing right here in my head, give me a second, sort of like, you know, we, we ride and die with Marcus. He's not going to change. He's that, that's his point guard. That's his, one of his main players. So not much is going to change. But it, he has uh, inserted Jalen Jones into the starting lineup, and he, he often has uh, initiates play for him. So I guess that might be his compromise point, I guess, without him. I, don't, I shouldn't speak for him, but uh, that's sort of my analysis of the situation. Uh, it is... Uh, I, you know what else, uh, Mo? I, I, I'm fascinated by how people say things. Uh, the pronunciation of uh, Fitzgerald, you know, you and Greg Polk, who does the play-by-play, uh, it's Fitz. I got. How do you guys? I say Fitzgerald. You got to go Fitzgerald. Is how you guys say. It. 
Huh. The 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 accent mark is is different places depending on who. Yeah, who's that, that's interesting. I, I'd never really given that any thought. That's I, I think I say Fitzgerald. It's I Gerald. Have to mark is how Gerald. he says it because that would be the tiebreaker, wouldn't it? There you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, Joe, as you look at this Tennessee State team and as you look at the Ohio Valley Conference, you feel like. Tennessee State has as good a chance of winning this conference as anybody, don't you? I think this conference is very even, except for Mo. I think Moorhead State is maybe a, a better than everyone. Uh, they they certainly I think performed that way during the uh, non-conference portion. They could have won at Indiana. They just let it go at the end, uh, and they have that J, the transfer from the NAI, NAIA school in Florida who's become their, their leading scorer, uh, which is amazing because Mark Freeman was the preseason player of the year for the OVC, and he got hurt in practice. Mm. He's not going to play this year for Moorhead State, and yet they still are the best team. Uh, so if Tennessee State is going to make win the OVC, make the NCAA tournament, they're going to have to beat Moorhead State at some point, whether it's in these regular season games or probably most importantly uh, in Evansville in March in that final game. It's interesting. And they're, and they're capable of it, Mo. They're capable of it. It's interesting looking at your blog and looking at your breakdown of the conference, and you mentioned Riley Minks, the 6'7", 230-pounder who transferred from southeastern Florida out of the NAIA. And when I hear that and I see what he's doing, I think of former Moorhead standout Kenneth Fareed. Ah, who I think he's still in the league, actually. He was drafted by the Nuggets, I think. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah, he was a, so, a really good big guy, yes. Yeah, yeah, very, um, you know, kind of a dirty workish type guy. Big-time rebounder, probably, I don't know that they ever ran anything for him, but he was... He was a dude at Moorhead, obviously, and, and it sounds like this um, Minx guy is kind of cut from the same cloth a little bit. Yeah, go get, go get a rebound when there's a missed shot. Certainly, uh, uh, he, he's done that. And uh, I think, that, as I said, I think they stand head and shoulders. Now, you look at, at Tennessee State. Tennessee State just played Indiana State even for 30 minutes. They end up losing by a bunch because they just fell apart on them. But Indiana State is 11-1. and one. You'd have to call them the favorite in the Valley right now. And uh, to be able to do that for 30 minutes shows the potential that Tennessee State has. It's a question of Penny getting them to sustain it, consistency. It's a 40-minute game. They've shown in spots that they can be very good. It's interesting that you say that. Uh, one of the things that obviously we want to talk about today is Vanderbilt and Memphis, mm -hmm. which, you know, Vanderbilt showed in spots that they are pretty good or can be. Uh, you know, I don't know how much of that was Memphis and how much of that was Vanderbilt, but uh, Jerry Stackhouse, had, you know, the, the roller coaster of that game was probably something that he should have paid admission to, to ride. So I, I can't watch things. I have YouTube TV, but I can't watch things in multi-screen. I don't know about you guys. And uh, so that's going on at the same time, mostly, as the uh, Florida Atlantic-Arizona game. 
Oh, which was an incredible ball game. So I'm I'm already invested in Florida Atlantic Arizona, and I got I'm going to watch Vandy, and I thought I'd have plenty of time to get over there, but now they're going into the second overtime. overtime. So I'm like I'm switching back and forth, trying to keep track as both as much as I can. And uh, boy, that was a great game, Florida Atlantic and Arizona. That, yeah, it that, was. And uh, you know I, I know on this show when we've talked about Florida Atlantic, I've kind of like shrugged my shoulders because they lost to Middle Tennessee last year, but they look like a group like a team that can go to the final four again, the way they played the, on Saturday. They were really impressive, but Vanderbilt, I know you were asking me about Vanderbilt. I, I don't mean to uh, take the exit ramp there, but uh, I, I want to know who that team was that just like <laughs> actually shot the ball well and uh, played with an intensity on the defensive end. I don't, I, I've seen none of that, no indication of, of that at all earlier in the season. And it, I guess it shows they have the uh, the capability to do that. And uh, we'll see. I still think they're the worst team in the SEC. I, I think it's more until proven otherwise. I'm going to say that Memphis, uh, you know, the, the the competitive, you know, 35. I guess we can call it competitive 40 minutes they played against Memphis uh, is a mirage to me right now. Until I see more, uh, I, I, I'm not I'm not necessarily believing. But I will make the prediction again. Uh, they'll they'll win Saturday. They play Dartmouth. <laughs> I know Mo loves when I do that. <laughs> the, the, the big green. Uh. I mean, look, I, it's it's almost kind of evident to me the the mindset of Vanderbilt basketball. They play to their competition, whomever mm. it is. So be careful what you say. Regarding Dartmouth? He's convinced that Dartmouth is not very good. Well, I'm convinced that Vanderbilt's going to play as poorly as Dartmouth does. Oh, boy. That would be so disappointing for a Vanderbilt fan. Well, it would be, especially coming off of this performance against Memphis. So, And that's why I think they're going to end up Messing somebody's season up in the Southeastern Conference, they're gonna they're gonna step up and beat some teams that they shouldn't beat. They just are. And so to make it enjoyable for Vandy fans, you know, just beat Kentucky one night and that'll be good, right? Kentucky and Tennessee, if they beat if they win one of those four games, their season will be made. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's hope it's Kentucky, not, not the latter. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, Joe, Joe Sullivan of NashvilleHoops.blog joining us here on Main Street Sports today. Um, speaking of teams that you wonder if they're going to beat anybody. Mm-hmm. Wither my Blue Raiders. I Joe. knew you were going there. I knew you were going there. And, you know, they were another team that uh, sort of surprised me. Uh, I, was, I, I was watching them uh, against Southern Utah, and they came out and they got up to an 18-7 to lead. They scored the same amount of points in a half that they scored the entire game against St. Mary's. Uh, but, again, it came back to get them, their lack of uh, offensive skill. And, so they, you know, and Southern Utah had a little bit more, and that's why they ended up winning the game. And it's tough to go on the road. Uh, the most amazing thing I found out about that was that the, they were able to get a flight into Cedar City, Utah, where Southern Utah was. I felt for sure they'd have to drive from some distance, uh, distant airport, but they're – there actually is an airport in Cedar City that accepts planes big enough to carry the Middle Tennessee basketball team in there. And uh, so that might played. have been their biggest victory of the road trip, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> that was the win. 
It is. Uh, I, I can't. Again, I, I I don't like being a pessimist, but I can't give Middle Tennessee State fans much hope uh, for this year with this team. I I, I haven't seen anything where they're going to be able to score enough points. And defensively, in the past, they've been very good. And this year, they've been just so-so, really. And and out of nowhere, here come the Liberty Flames. Yeah. Nobody expected this team to be any good, and yet they look like the favorite to win at this point. Yeah, they have they have, uh, they have two little guards that are really dangerous. It's uh, it's a good thing one wears a headband so you can tell the difference between them. <laughs> uh, they look like the same guy. Um, and I'm going to forget their names. Uh, Matheny's one, and uh, Posey Colin might be Porter. the other. Porter, Colin. thank you. I knew it was a P. Yeah, and uh, they're dangerous. And uh, uh, they, they stand out as the favorite in Conference USA for sure, even though it, you know, it was a football move, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, it, what's really kind of perplexing about middle, Joe, is – as much as they struggle offensively in particular, they've got a freshman, Chris Loof, who's playing some really good ball for them right now. Yeah, he's talented. And uh, uh, Nick told me he really liked them early in the season. And uh, he is uh, he's almost forced to play him a little bit, but because the, the, uh, the kid that he got from Iowa, the, who's supposed to be the back of the yes, has been injured. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Mo, for helping me with all the names. And... Uh, it is uh he's come through from him. he's had some good moments uh he uh he battles and he, he's he's a tough kid and i think he has a, he could have a big future I and mean, he's he's all every bit of 611 you know and he needs to get bigger up top but he's got great size and uh and certainly has a, a hard-nosed attitude that's going to benefit him i like him okay um thoughts on belmont you mentioned indiana state in the valley um mm-hmm. Where, where does Belmont sit as they get ready to get into conference play hot and heavy? Yeah, I think so. In the Missouri Valley, uh, Indiana State, as I said, and Drake have really uh, emerged as the two best teams quite clearly uh, based on what they've done in a non-conference. And Belmont's right behind. So what Belmont needs to do to catch up is uh, they need uh, more than the three players that's carrying them. You know, we, we, they have the big three, Malik hmm. Dia, uh, Kate Tyson and uh, Jacoby Gillespie. Mm-hmm. And then they have a bunch, they have like maybe they have four other guys. They move in and out. And Casey likes to play 9-10, and he doesn't have it. Uh, he, he, he's told me that he will, and he's planning on it. But uh, then when the push comes to shove and there's a game to win, he, he has not done it. And I don't blame him. Uh, personally, I'm an eight-man guy. I don't see how you need more than eight players. Uh, but... Uh, Casey likes more than that, and uh, but so he's going to be he's he's spotting these guys, and sometimes it doesn't work out. Uh, Kyler Vanderjack is a sophomore who he likes, and and the kid has talented, and he put him in against Sanford, and uh, Sanford is a full court pressing team for 40 minutes, tough defensive team, and he ends up with the ball in the backcourt and starts dribbling it up. He's still dribbling it, and when they call a 10 second violation, oh. right, exactly, and. Out he came. Out he came in the game. Can't do that. And so if, if he's going to put this kid in, and even though he's talented and he's going to do that, you know, I, I don't – I don't. even Casey would lose his patience, uh, as he did. I think the kid ended up playing three minutes in that game. 
And uh, sometimes you can see, though, he can, can shoot. He, he seems like – I would say he's a smart player, but that does, I'm not backed up by facts on that. What I, the story I just told, am I? <laughs> so, Belmont, I, I think you should be uh, – op, there's optimism there, but, but there's, there's, they, they, they fall short. And so January 7th is a Sunday. Uh, there'll be NFL games, of course. It's the last, is that the last weekend of the NFL? I guess it is, right? It is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but that Sunday afternoon, Drake – at Belmont, it's a very ah. big game. So one one worth the uh, fans of uh, basketball in the national area should uh, come out and see that game. Uh, DeVries, who plays for Drake, uh, Tucker DeVries. Mm-hmm. Do I have that first name right? Thank you. I believe and, so. All right. Well, I'm de- I, I, in, uh, he, he was he's been playing like an all American. Now his father's the coach, and so he went and played for his dad. He'd be playing in the Big Ten. He'd be playing at Michigan State or. Uh, Indiana, someplace like that, if his dad wasn't the coach at Drake. And uh, he has All-American capability. He's a great player, shoots, rebounds, passes. Uh, he's just terrific. He's worth the price of admission on January 7th, but uh, Belmont's got to figure out a way to uh, not get buried by him. Joe, who has a better chance to win on Saturday? Lipscomb at Florida State or Middle at Murray? <laughs> Middle at Murray. Uh, really? Yeah. So Murray you don't is think, really oh, Okay, but come on. Florida Murray State is, is, is coming off of a Friday game, and they got to play at 11 o'clock in the morning on Saturday. Lipscomb's got yeah. a chance. Middle still may have a better chance. I don't know. Murray is not Murray. Yeah. It's, uh, I, uh, I, I saw them get uh, buried by Little Rock a little Oof. bit. Saw a little bit of that game. And then Little Rock comes back and loses and gets buried by Jacksonville State. Uh, so I can't figure Little Rock out in the OVC. But I, I it, Murray does not. I, Steve Prom is the coach there again. He was successful there before. But it, it's not going to be happening this year for them. So I, I just think Lipscomb, without their two best players going to Florida State, would be a little bit too much. And, and, and it's in the blog here. Lipscomb, if Lipscomb can get their two best players back, Darian Board and uh, Jacob Asanovic, they they can win the Atlantic Sun, without question. They can win the Atlantic Sun. They, no. Of all the teams we're talking about here, they might be the one, if they have their full roster, who can who can make the NCAA tournament. Now that Lipscomb Florida State game is that the game whose time was changed for the Orange Bowl? Is that it what that is? Been. I wasn't even aware so, of that. So yeah. Friday, Florida State plays. Let me just go Winthrop because they play. Oh, no. They, they played Winthrop this past Friday. Oh, I'm sorry. So they do not play back-to-back. Okay, well, that makes a little more difference then. So they, I they thought just, it was back-to-back. They just, yeah. they just play Lipscomb at 11 o'clock on Saturday. Yeah, I thought it was back-to-back. And, and, and I think that game was originally at like 4 o'clock on Saturday, but it's been moved up earlier in the day. Because the so Orange Bowl Saturday. Right, right. Yeah. At least, uh, they, at least they didn't have to sue Lipscomb to change the starting time, right? Uh, now, hold on. This is Knowles versus Yellow Jackets. We're back in the tuck on Friday. I don't know if that's women. Yeah, that's women. Okay. That makes more you got sense. Me, uh, you got me very curious. Yeah, I'm very yeah, confused. Exactly. Florida State is not playing any. They, they do not have a game scheduled for tomorrow. That is what I'm looking at their schedule. Well, the inter- I just did a quick Google there, and the first game that pops up for them is Lipscomb as their next yeah. game. So let's just go with that. But they will play them in 11. Uh, yeah, 
maybe that's a, maybe that's a little bit uh, of a higher bar than I initially anticipated. Yeah. Uh, other than that, Belmont's at home on Saturday as well against UIC. And, uh, where, if any, will you be headed to on Saturday? So I'm going back to Tennessee State. Uh, they Little have Rock. Tennessee Tech. Uh, Little Rock. I'm sorry. They have Little Rock on, on Saturday. I'm going to go back there. Uh, Belmont is not back until January 2nd, I think. Oh, Chris? that's women. I'm sorry. You're yeah, right. January 2nd, Belmont is at Southern Illinois, who uh, has the leading score in the nation in Xavier Johnson. Oh, okay. So, so do I have time here? Real, it's, mm, yeah. I find this interesting. So Xavier Johnson is the leading score in the nation. And uh, Josh Adoro is a really good player for Providence, right? And a kid named Jordan Miller is one of the best players on Miami's Final Four team last year. And Tyler Kolick was the preseason Big East Player of the Year for Marquette. They were all teammates at George Mason three seasons ago. Wow. And they fired the coach. They all left. Mm. And uh, Dave Paulson, he's now, the, he's now the coach at Holy Cross. So... Poor Dave Paulson, like he gets fired and this roster leaves him. He obviously did a great job recruiting. Clearly, and, uh, it would have been it would have been some roster if it could have stayed together. Mm. Yeah, no doubt. Wow, that is wild. There you go. There's some uh, like you know mid major trivia for you from Mr. that. Go. That's a heck of a that, that's a heck of a, <laughs> a, a draw right there. Joe Sullivan joining us here on Main Street Sports today. Joe, as always, it's a pleasure, and look forward to talking to you again next week. Hey, I look forward to. Also, thanks, guys. Thanks, you. All right. Um, let's just keep it here. Uh, because bowl games are mm. absurd. Okay? <laughs> Rutgers now leads Miami 21-17 late in the third. <clears throat> Boston College, with a 23-14 win earlier over SMU. As someone picked... You picked Boston College to cover like two touchdowns. <laughs> did you think they were going to win? Which one did we say outright? The line was nine and a half. Okay, well. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I just picked them to cover, but they covered. Clearly. <laughs> they nearly covered the line the other way. You're right. 23, yeah. Jeez. Only the hook stopped them. Yeah. What's that, Justin? Do you remember which one, Mo, uh, that we said we were pretty sure that they were going to win outright, or we wouldn't be surprised if they won outright. Did we do? Did we win that one? Um, that one's not been played yet, I don't believe. Okay. It's a USC, I believe, probably, wasn't it? Uh, USC beat the pants off. But the we team. all picked Louisville in that one, yeah. We all picked Louisville? Yeah. That was stupid. Yeah, Why did we do that? Yeah, because listen, we didn't. I'm, I'm one in five in the last six games. I'm yeah, sure. because we didn't know Miller Moss was going to... Uh, be Miller Moss. Pretend like he was Caleb Williams? Or somebody or, else. I mean, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Right. No, I remember, yeah, it wasn't okay. Rutgers, was it? Hmm? It wasn't Rutgers, the one that we predicted? No, 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 because none of us took Rutgers. Yeah, ah. we all, t- yeah. Okay. We, we, we all took Miami minus four and a half. Okay. Hmm? I know that bowl games are bowl games. Right. You have to take them for what they are. But... But Miller Moss put up 42 points last night for USC against this this Louisville defense. Mm-hmm. Does that right now somewhat justify the College Football Playoff Committee? Good cue. 
I don't know because bowl games are what they are, and you got to take them for what you're they are. right, right. And I don't, I mean, I don't know who played for or Louisville didn't. or who didn't play for Louisville who did play in the ACC championship game. Yeah. Because I, I mean, I but know, I see where you're going. I don't know about their defense. I don't know anything about their defense. Mm-hmm. I just don't know. Mm-hmm. But I'm just curious if if it at least somewhat says, well, their backup quarterback was fine and dandy, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they don't have an all-American running back on their team. <laughs> so I, I'm just saying, you know, I get it. So, so Louisville won by seven at Indiana, lost to Kentucky. Uh, lost to Pitt when they were undefeated. You know, Virginia beat them by seven at home. A lot of folks talking about Louisville having been probably the potentially the worst ten win team in the history of college football. <laughs> Which is a weird thing to say, but like I also can understand why you would say that because I mean there are uh, most ten win teams are really good. Mm-hmm. This team lost Isn't to everybody that was that was any good right. <laughs> that they played. Well, I mean the thing is, they what are they? Ten and four. Ten and four. So Which, I mean, yeah, that's four games. I mean, crap. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just you know it, I. We said, how many times did we say they were not a top 11 team every time that the rankings came out? Every time. Louisville's ranked too high. Louisville's ranked too high. And sure enough. Now, I do have a question here because we're going to get postseason rankings based off of somewhat, at least, these bowl games. Sure. Is that fair? Taking bowl games for what they are Mm -hmm. and knowing what we know about bowl games, is it fair to rank teams after the bowl games? Does the NCAA tournament? The NCAA tournament? No, it's the... We're talking about AP and... I know. No, it's bad to know if uh, NCAA tournament, like after their... Does that have any effect on their future rankings on the next season? You know, I mean, I... I don't know if that means anything. Is it yeah. more preseason or postseason? <clears throat> it's it's a really weird thing because most of these teams are not playing with their 2023 rosters. That's true. Yeah. And hopefully folks that are ranking them are taking some of that into consideration. But, I mean, I don't know how you do. Yeah, because somebody's going to say, oh, Louisville's still 17th in the country? Right. Did you see them? <laughs> One thing we need to mention before we get out of here, and we're shifting gears, or I'm shifting gears, from college football. Apparently, Will Levis was full go in practice today, and C.J. Stroud is also full go for the Texans. If C.J. Stroud plays, and I think he will, then... uh, then I think Will Levis plays. Ooh, that'd be high. Levis was full participation for the second straight day today, according to this injury report that Buck Rising at Buck Rising tweeted out. And um, again, C.J. Stroud was full participation today after being limited yesterday. So, Man. interesting. 
Uh, Shaq Mason, limited participation today, did not practice yesterday. Figured with, we might ought to throw that, that in. With? Um, calf. That's unfortunate. And not good for a guy who needs to, you know, stand up. Yeah, needs, <laughs> needs to be able to move a little bit. Yeah, okay. Well, there you go. The little Titans on you as well. Tomorrow, we will go back to college football. We're going to be joined by uh, Nashville Sports Council. Mm -hmm. Scott Ramsey, talk a little bit about the Music City Bowl and all of the things that go into that. Uh, <clears throat> we've got 11, I think, games to pick. Sounds about so right. So we'll, we'll have to pick a bunch of games. Probably talk a little UT Iowa. Probably talk a, a little, little more. UT Iowa. Uh, hopefully we can get uh, a, a guest in to order do that. to do that. So should be a good time. Come back with us, 2 o'clock tomorrow on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We'll be back then. See you.